It's time for NRL Supercoach Roundtable Discussion. We go a little bit deeper in our quest for victory. Now, here's your hosts, Holly G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanson, and Andrew Molnar-Molnar-Molnar. Yeah, hello and welcome to the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast here for another week. It is the business end of the year, that's for sure. Andrew Moldock, Mullen O'Reilly uh, with us as always. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. A uh, lot to get into this week. Peter Hanscom uh, with us, of course. Pete, how are you? Yeah, very good, thanks, Paul. Raring to go. And uh, Ryan MS. Ryan, how are you? We've got the full roundtable today. Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. All right, let's get straight into it. And obviously, what a huge week of uh, NRL news. We had the whole thing with the, the Cowboys potentially being in trouble with the salary cap, and that seems to have blown over. But one thing that's still fresh, um, or, or we don't know what's going to happen yet, is the issue with the Fafita boys that were stood down um, on Monday. David Fafita didn't play on the weekend, but Andrew did. But over that cloud of, of, of abusing a, a match official, a referee at a junior game... Um, it was a junior adult game, but it was still considered the, the juniors out there at Penrith. And, um, guys, I guess, you know, what we've got to look at now that he's been stood down, you know, he's owned by a lot of, uh, a lot of super coach owners, is sort of when you're looking at this, this type of off-field thing, how is it going to affect him? Is he going to be back in time? What sort of suspension could it be? They're still going through the investigation. Um, you know, Ryan, you've done a lot of research on it when it initially happened. And... Um, Looking at, at sort of what types of punishment could could occur, what, what do you make of it all? Um, look, I think if he's found out, um, and apparently they do have video footage, so I'm assuming they're going over that. If it's found that he has like a, actually abused and then threatened a guy, I don't expect him to play for the rest of this year at the very least. Right. Um, so it's a real gamble to hang on to him, uh, especially. If he does go that way and you're left in the lurch with, you know, a big gaping, you know, $400,000 player who's going to score you nothing. So, yeah, yeah, if you can afford to wait till the decision, then that's that's all well and good. But if you can't, then you just got to, yeah, you just got to mitigate that risk and get someone else. Andrew, it's really that time I talked about it all year about holding back your trades. And now, you know, we really see that come into the fore. If you've got enough trades, you can hold on to Fafita. But if you've, you're pretty much using up your last trades this week, you've got to make that tough decision. Do you think that he'll he'll be back? He's not going to play this weekend, but will he be back from next week on? I, I, I don't think he's going to. I, I think he's uh, they're going to make an example out of him. And, and, and he probably should. I, I, I personally think he's going to stay up for the rest of the year, um, which is, yeah, as Ryan was saying, Four hundred eighty thousand sitting on your bench. If you've got no more trades, I mean, it's a lot of money sitting there doing nothing. It's really tough. I mean, lucky me, I've got a couple of trades left, so I'm holding off for a week. It seems to be the uh, the timeline that NRL goes for about a week. So we'll, we'll see by this time next week if, if he's going to be uh, out for the next uh, the rest of the year or not. It is kind of you know due prudence, but. Pete, are you looking the same way? Are you thinking Fafita's gone for the year or do you think that, you know, the NRL, they can be a bit wishy-washy at times, this, this could blow over and suddenly he's back on the field? We haven't heard the other side of it from the from the Fafitas yet, so um, there hasn't been a denial 
you know, the club's apparently spoken to them and so on. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think that they, you know, they're both gone for the rest of the year at least. Um, we can't have players or anyone out there abusing officials like it's appalling these days that apparently they have to have security guards at some at some grounds. Yeah, well, they were uh, there apparently, but just not when the incident occurred. They yeah, kind of float like, between all the Penrith Junior games. Why on earth do we need security at junior games? Like, what sort of world are we living in here, guys? Um, yeah, it's been that way for a while, uh, uh, I'm afraid. Pete, as you know, I've you know, refereed at, at that level in the past, and uh, even you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was, it, it was getting pretty bad, all in brawls on the, on the sidelines, you know, not even involving players at games, um, players attacking referees, including myself one time. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, unfortunately, um, people just take a game of sport way too seriously. To be yeah. fair, I mean, what, what, what's a security guard going to do about a, a professional rugby league 120-kilo bloke coming <laughs> out of you know? like, yeah. uh, He should know better. It's just it's not a good look, that's all. You've got to set a better example. No, they've got to be gone for the rest of the year. If they're, if they're guilty, as it appears, you know, um, you know if, it's, if the story is correct, then, yeah, they've got to go for the rest of the year. Bill Harrigan came out on Sunday, um, uh, you know, uh, straight after the incident, basically said they should be rubbed out for 12 months, but not only 24 hours later, uh, he was back on Triple M to say that he'd heard new evidence. He'd spoken to someone that was at the ground and had heard what had happened, and apparently the quotes that Andrew Fafita said he would smash him in regards to the young referee, I think it was Tim Hannon was his name, um, they, it said he was smash it, referring to the phone that Hannon was trying to record with, and apparently that recording never occurred because he didn't have that um, that recording device set up properly on his phone. So even though he sort of threatened, oh, I'm recording all this, he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, knowing the NRL in the past, I, I take a, a different approach to all three of you. I, I think he, you know, they'll get off with little more than a slap on the wrist. I know it's a serious offence, and it's close. It's an offence close to my heart. I'd like to see them take a stricter. Uh, Guyline, even though I'm an Andrew Fafita owner, and uh, from that perspective, I'd like him back playing, obviously. But, but you know, I just don't know if it's going to happen. I think Andrew, your course of action is the best way. Obviously, if you've got one trade left or two trades left, and you really need to have a win this week, then you've got to make that tough decision. But if you've got a few more trades up your sleeve, or if you don't have to make this trade this week, I think you definitely hold off a week and reassess next week. I just think with so many other injuries this week, we've got Sean Johnson, we're going to talk plenty about what to do with Sean Johnson now being out for the year. Another good player, Bodine Thompson's out for two weeks. We've got other players that are kind of falling off. We're going to talk about point of differences, players not to own shortly. Um, you know, and then, and meanwhile, you're sort of suddenly going to make a snap decision on Fafita. We've already seen last week, Daly Cherry Evans looked like he was going to be gone for a couple of weeks. He ended up playing, um, you know, and that's a guy that many, many people own and, you know, a lot would have got rid of last week on the basis of, you know, poorer form and not playing all of a sudden, sort of wishing that maybe they didn't with the Sean Johnson injury. So you really, at this stage of year, you're just trying to hold on to every trade you've got. There's still six rounds left if you're willing, if you're wanting to go all the way. So you've really got to play that long game still. Um, and, but we'll, we'll keep following it. We'll follow it next week too if you've held on to him for a week and give you updates then. And also we've got the Twitter feed. If we hear anything between now and you know the lockout on Friday night, that's uh, at Supercoach Pros there. We'll be tweeting it out for sure. Uh, guys, I wanted to also talk about South's players. Pete, they looked pretty good um, 
against your mob a couple of weeks ago, St George, even better against the Knights. Admittedly, a hapless Newcastle team and now sacked their coach. But how do you look, if you're looking at sort of loading up on a team or holding on to players you might have already owned because they had a decent sort of origin run, is, is South Sydney now a team which could sort of really take that rise? Or does the tough draw, because they do still have a tough draw, still sort of suggest that maybe don't load up? Yeah, sure. They've got a very tough draw coming. That's that's true enough. But um, to counterbalance that, they're a very, very good team and they're defending premiers. And they're going to be there right to, uh, right through through the season. They're going to be in the top four, I think. No, make no mistake about that. Um, so I think it, yeah, it would be a good idea to get some uh, some of the the South Sydney players in there if, they, if you can still get them at a reasonable price. Um, there's plenty of players there, as we said um mentioned off air, Alex Johnston, I think, would be one that you could certainly um, uh, look to purchase. I think he's he's had a bit of a quiet season so far. He had a, a real breakout season last year after he took Nathan Merritt's spot and ended up winning the premiership with the Rabbitohs. But uh, I think he'd be one of those players that you could possibly uh, look to get in there. Uh, Cole Turner is just back in the first grade this week. Might be another. Yeah, and when I'm looking at guys, I think... Um Andrew, you know, Greg Inglis is the obvious one. You've talked about him on the show in the past, about saying, I'm going to hold on to him because you want those big names at the end of the year and the blue chippers, as we say. And he's there now. And, you know, if you if you did lose, you'd have to let go of him or you didn't pick him up earlier. At his price now, it's, you know, it's pretty reasonable. 420000 Yeah, I mean, if you've got the money, you, you snap him up. I mean, he's got, got Penrith this week and then, and then it's uh, Manly. My poor old Eagles, they got them next week. And, yeah, yeah, and the outside and, backs enjoy the Eagles. Yeah, and they just, they, they, Pen, Penrith and Manly, I don't think they can contain Inglis. And someone like Luke as well, um, you know, now that he's done his uh, suspensions and all that, I think he's ready to really hit the gas too. Yeah, um, it's interesting, Ryan, because, you know, Reynolds is another player there. Yeah, kicks goals. I think he's got some good matchups coming up um, I think he'd be the most obvious plus three and a half the predictor has him in per game from now to the end of the year on average John Sutton's four almost four and a half but Inglis minus nine Dylan Walker minus four and a half Isaac Luke minus two these tougher games they've got to play it you know can they be up week after week or what we saw against the Knights is that a is that a bit of a high a peak um, look I don't think it's a peak per se because South played very, very well in the first half and obviously when the game's won, you know, they just play the game to not basically get injured um, and still manage to score <laughs> points. Um, look, they're sitting they're sitting pretty nicely at the moment, but I dare say that they're hunting down a top two spot and so I think right. that um, they can probably get better and they're going to try and get better. Um, look, the guys that I, I, I think they can buck that trend, they're predicted to go down due to the tough matchups. But I think guys like Luke, Walker, Inglis, they're almost the um, – they're currently kind of like the uh, the pulse of the, the Rabbitohs at the moment. And, uh, yeah, I really think adding Reynolds into that mix, um, all of those guys are well worth, the, well worth the punt. Yeah, and it becomes that – you know, we talk about point of differences. We're going to go even deeper into that shortly – um, that's where it really now it comes to you, you crux. Do you, do you have the faith in South Sydney, 
or do you think playing week in, week out with everyone wants to beat you because you're the defending premiers is going to take its toll? Inglis was amazing against the Knights. I know it was only Newcastle, but he looked completely unstoppable. If he plays to that level, and he's had a pretty quiet year, Origin, he, had, he was carrying a bit of an injury, missing a lot of time during those games because South never had any buys when he was off for Origin. So, you know, he missed a lot of games, a good opportunity for him to, to sort of get going. But in reverse, maybe you want to take a risk and say, well, I'm, I'm backing Souths to sort of go smaller and I'll leave them out and let the other teams sort of take them and not get those big points. One key area, Andrew, I'll go to you with this, is, is where you're placed. Are you looking at a top two finish or a top four finish from your, for your Supercoach finals? Do you want to sort of have those sort of players to cancel out your opponents and, and sort of beat them you know, by stealth? Or, or are you coming in the five to eight or even just outside the eight and you need to really take a few risks? And, and that, I think that has a lot to do with it too, where, you, where you're placed right now in your, in your ladder. Well, I guess a lot of the teams are going to look very similar towards the back end of the year if they're playing the Supercoach, right? So, it's, I mean, it's about picking up the points of difference. For me, you'd be a brave man to leave English Luke, <laughs> Luke out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's about picking up those those points of differences that not everyone's going to have, like the people that are owned by 6% and, and can go large when you're watching the matchups and listening to our predictor. Yeah, and I think it's something we should have a look at next week is the predictor looking at those maximum minimums and those guys that really go large. But for now, what we've got to do is talk about the points of differences in regards to players that most owners own or a large percentage of owners own, but maybe you shouldn't. And we'll start right at the top, uh, Ryan. C.S. Soliola, 43.3% of Supercoach owners. Um, predicted to, to go backwards, uh, probably almost two points per game. He's, average, he's sort of been trending down recently. Um, starting to say maybe he's a guy, you, no matter what, even if you've got cheaper options, get rid of him and um, try to find that, that point of difference, if you've got the trades up your sleeve, that is. Yeah, look, I, th- I think he's one of those guys where you can do that and probably the smart the smart way to go about things is to um, punch him now and then, yeah, find that find that extra, um, that guy that's going to give you something extra. Look, Canberra don't have a horrible run home, but if he's trending down with that run home, then, yeah, yeah you have, do have to question keeping him on. Yeah, and that's the thing. When you're owned by close to 50%, you know, and your, um, your costs now below 300000 so he's sort of dipping back down. Uh, you're wondering, is he just going to be my 18th man? Is he worth having as an 18th man? Is there someone with more upside that would be a better option as 18th man? Um, can you eke out a bit more? Can you get that big name like a Paul Gallon that you can't quite afford? If you get rid of a guy that originally was going to be in your final sort of 17, 18 for the run home, solely other tops that list. Pete, George Burgess is an in- interesting one, owned by 33.5%. Tip to go below his average by just over a point, a point and a half per game. Is George Burgess another one that you sort of say, well, you know, he's, he's good money. He's at the three, 348000 I could go for a straight upgrade to, to Gallon if I play my cards right. I'll do a, a double trade for a cheapie. Yeah, it's sort of... Um, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit what, what I said here about South Sydney a few moments ago. Um, maybe perhaps with a player like that, it might be, and with 
you know, if you can possibly get someone like a Paul Gallon, I think that you would do that at the moment because of the fact that, um, like as I said, Souths are going, uh, I think, are going to go very, very well. It's a bit of a split decision, but uh, someone like Gallon is playing for Cronulla, who is just, as I said, one of the one of the stars of Supercoach, I think would be probably the better way to go. Mm. And that's where you're really getting that, really making those defining decisions. Is a guy like Soliolo, who's now really looking around that 40 mark, 40 to 50, what difference is that really going to make between him or playing a guy that essentially is, you didn't even want to play, might only get 20 or 30, um, when you can bring in a guy like Gallon, who's averaging, well, you know, into the 70s and 80s. Um, and can go larger. So that's what you really got to look at, is that, that two players, If you, you know, another one, Andrew, is Jack Bird. He's predicted to go lower by almost uh, well, almost six points a game than his average. He's really falling away, still at a decent value. Bird and Burgess or Bird and Soliola, you could probably trade for, for a cheapie and a 500,000 player. Yeah, that, I mean... They've done their job, haven't they, the Soliolas and the Birds? I mean, Burgess, he's, he's a keeper, but, I mean, Soliola, I got rid of him a couple of weeks ago just because he was, he was trending down and he did his job. He made us, he made us a, a, you know, he was a cash cow, so is Bird. Trade him out, get, bring in, bring in, I know I said a couple of weeks ago, no Gallon, but bring in someone like Gallon because, mm. uh, you know, that he's proven numbers and that's what, uh, that's what you need to do this time of year. Bird scored, I think it was 26 last week, and the reality is you, whoever you're playing against probably had him too, so you don't, you're not really losing out in your matchup. But again, we're talking about points of differences. If they've got him and they're carrying a guy like Bird with only 26, and, and you could, you know, throw the old dartboard, Pete, throw the dart at the dartboard, and uh, pretty much find someone to do better than, than 26, and you've gained something, and it might have cost exactly you less. Right. Exactly right. Jesse Bromwich is at 31.5%. Now, this is an interesting one because he's actually trending up two and a half points now. It was a big scare there with the um, the biting allegations that, that have since uh, been he's been cleared, so he'll be right to keep playing. Uh, Ryan, you know, 31.5% of owners, is he still someone that you're saying, oh, that you're quite comfortable playing him or are you still looking to, to move away from him too? Um, look, I think... 31% is not too many. Um, and I definitely think he's just been such a, oh, well, a fairly consistent performer over the year that I, that I wouldn't have any any problems in playing him. And I just don't think that there's a hell of a lot um, dif- of difference between him um, and, and the other options that you have. Um, James Tedesco, 29.6%. There, um, Pete. He's predicted to go up as well, about three points per game. But obviously, with the um, Tigers out of contention, there is a big risk with that. Is it time to say, even though he's going well, maybe there's your straight swap for an Inglis, um, or do you just feel like you know trades at a premium, you've got to hold on to him? Tough call, but I think in Tedesco's case, um, I think I would be holding on to him in recent weeks. Uh, from what I've seen of the Tigers, he's um, he's still been one of the stars. He's been absolutely trying his guts out and playing pretty well. And he's also got uh, his captain, Farrah, coming back this week. So that might actually help him along a little bit. So in, his, in this case, I think I would be uh, actually keeping Tedesco. He's got yeah. over his injury problems as well. So 
Well, they no, he's had a good year. I think I'd be keeping him. They haven't won at Leichhardt all year. Maybe this is the time against the Storm to pull out a big game, like you say, with Farrah back. Um, but it'd be a big upset. The final one on our list uh, there of the, you know, these sort of guys that are owned by by lots of pl- lots of super coach owners, Andrew, but maybe not necessarily what who you want to own is Ethan Lowe, twenty three percent tip to go down, just over two points per game on his average for the remainder of the year. Um, is he a guy that you could say, you know, he's, he's been losing money pretty quickly just to cut ties or, you know, is, this, is there still some upside left in him? Well, if you're playing outside Jonathan Thurston, there's always upside. Um, the problem is he doesn't. Gavin Cooper plays out, uh, outside him. Thurston rarely drifts on the right side. Instead, it's Michael Morgan. Well, <laughs> well he's in the same team. Um, I, I, yeah, he, he surprised me this year. Uh, 317000 Oh, I don't think he's. I think you've got to keep him now. I think the Cowboys have got a pretty decent run in, and um, you know he, he's scoring points. Like I said, he, he was. He surprised me, and only twenty three percent. He's not too common, so he, he could he could go large. I mean, he does score tries, gets a lot of work, so he's he's a uh, yeah. I think I think I'd, I'd be keeping him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not so sure. He had a poor game against the Eels, dropped a lot of ball, got caught on the last couple of times. It was just an unhappy night. I think um, to start the second half, the kickoff went through his legs and into touch for a Parramatta feed. Um, maybe that was just a down game. Maybe, you know, his first full year in the top grade, you know, he's finding it hard to stay at that consistent high level. So I'd probably, in the mould of Andrew Fafita, go, we've got to give him one more week, but I'm not convinced that he's definitely a keeper till the end. Um, speaking of Cowboys players, um, Ryan, I'll go to you. Jason Tamalolo looked very ominous uh, against, admittedly, a bad Parramatta team. But um, three hundred three thousand is, is, you know, is he a guy now that you can own as a keeper, even though he's cheaper? Lot much like we talked about Inglis earlier. Yeah, look, I think the question is, why don't you have him in your team? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but that answers your question. That's a yes because, yeah, he is getting to the stage where he is uh, just really, really, really hard to stop. He's got really good footwork, really good, uh, has really good <laughs> ball skills. Um, yeah, and the Cowboys are, you know, counting down to, to, the, to the finals. And, um, yep, he's, he's a definite. Yes, and, um, you know, we looked at those sort of, Keepers and cheapies, and we're sort of talking about these point differences already. The final one, Andrew, I want to go back to you because I know he's a personal favourite from up there at Manly. Is Michael Cheekham finally been named on the bench? Yes, he's not 113,000, it's 133, but if you're just taking a flyer on a cheapie and you've kind of looked at your salary cap, only a few trades left, yeah, I can probably afford 133. Uh, it could be a lot worse players. It could be the last of the, of the sort of the Sean Lane style cheapie that could really rise. Well, I hope you're right, Paul. <laughs> I've been tipping this bloke for two years. Uh, no, massive raps on him. Uh, I saw a bit of him in the uh, in the nines. Uh, I saw him play a brookie a couple of times, only briefly, but he, he does look the goods. I've heard Tuvi give him raps. Um, yeah, I, I'm just keen to see him play. So uh, I, I hope he, I hope he goes well for for his sake and for for my team's sake. But like I said, I've been tipping him for two years. So get on board. Yeah, and that's it. If you're down to your last couple of trades, you know one last cheapy sure if, if you've still got a couple left but you know you're going to bring in one more sort of so-called no-name 
You've still got next week, of course. You can get an eye on him from this week. Uh, this is the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. You can find it each and every week on the iTunes or at our website, www.supercoachpros.com. We've also got the um, match previews there, the game recaps from the week before, upgrades, downgrades, Ryan Messers ones to watch, Pete's profits. Plenty of info there. We also you can find us on Twitter at SupercoachPros, SupercoachPros. Uh, lots of information that we can tweet out, uh, obviously with the Fafitas we talked about earlier, but we also do uh, the final team list before each and every game. Helps you in case one of your players has been ruled out last minute and you don't get the zero because you simply get the tweet either on your phone, your tablet, whatever the device you like to get it on. There it is, and you can make those adjustments there, and that's all free or just simply by following us at Supercoach Pros. We do take your questions too. We've got three really good ones coming up uh, at the end of the show. But we're going to talk about the late mail and the best picks first. Jonathan Thurston tipped to go up to 100 this week, so he's certainly the best pick from Anthony Milford. Uh, Greg Inglis, Daly Cherry Evans, Paul Gallen, Corey Parker. Not a lot to see there. Some of the big names. Probably Cherry Evans is the biggest surprise. Um, the upticks, well, we mentioned Milford already, even Inglis and Jonathan Thurston getting the big upticks. Jack Reed, Lachlan Maranta, Jordan Carhu there for the Broncos. Gareth Widdop for St. George, uh, playing, you know, the hapless Newcastle team. Although with a new coach, you just never know, do you, with uh, that, Pete? It's not the week you wanted to play the Knights. Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> and James Roberts, surprisingly enough, gets a big uptick there against the Eels, but with Gold Coast injuries, which we're going to talk about very, very shortly, uh, maybe that's um, false pretenses, that uptick. Down ticks, Brett Morris, well, he was very poor last week. Don't expect him to go that well again this week. And Curtis Rona, although he's unlikely to play anyway. Blake Ferguson, Brett Stewart, Jack Bird, who we talked about earlier, George Tafua, and even Simi Radraja, but you can never count Radraja out. Looking at their games now from Friday night, um, the Bulldogs and the Roosters. Frank Pritchard and Curtis Rona both in doubt. Sean Lane will get an uptick if he ends up starting, which is what's being predicted um, there. The Roosters unlikely to play Jackson Hastings, but he hasn't... You'd almost rather Andrew he doesn't play because he's scoring so... He's only getting on the on the paddock for a couple of minutes that he scores so low that if you do get a zero, you end up with with an awful score if he's if he's um if he's played just scoring four or five points. No, yeah, so I mean it's you know if you want to play the old uh, captain loophole, he's doing, he's doing your head in, you know. Yeah, you can't do it with. Can't, you can't do it with him on the bench. So yeah, it's it's pretty painful. It looks like Robinson's going to move to those four forwards. So if you did pick up Hastings during Origin. Um, you'll be very happy to hear that, four forwards off the bench. Um, the Tigers in Melbourne, looks like Chris Lawrence is out for the year. If you did pick him up when he got moved to the back row, uh, you've probably moved on. Robbie Farah's right to go, but probably no one owns him. And Jesse Bromwich, as we mentioned earlier, clear of biting the storm, predicted to be 1 through 17. Warriors and the Sharks, Conrad Harrell and Manu Vatavai are back. They're going to play a different type of game, the Warriors. Um, Lalehi named in the halves there with Towns, and I think they'll do a lot more up-the-middle stuff, which will make it a Grindham game against Cronulla. But no Bodine Thompson. Interesting one um, there too, Ryan. Ben Madalino, he's played you know in that middle third all year, and he's been named in the second row, so he's going to go out in the fringes. Uh, it's hard to say. Some people predicting in, in Supercoach land that you know that might help his scoring, but he has done very well. I wonder if it might hinder it a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it probably will hinder it as well. He just won't get the um, consistent um, grinding meters, I yeah, don't think, unless he's going to start there and then move into the into the front row during the game. He may play more minutes, but uh, yeah, again, it won't be uh, his work will probably be halved. 
I, I tend to agree. So, you know, we really tipped Medellino um, over the last few weeks, and unfortunately with these injuries to the Warriors, it's really put a bit of a, a kibosh. Look, if Thompson comes back, goes back to the front row, he'll get more work because he'll have to, but just out there, unsure. Simon Mannering also moving to the, the back row, but his main work is done in defence, so it shouldn't affect him too much. Um, the Fafitas didn't travel over for Cronulla, but it looks like Anthony Tupo will play. Paul Gallen should be right. North Queensland, Canberra, Sisawaka didn't uh, travel up there. Justin O'Neill in, in some doubt. No real super coach uh, problems there. Manly v Brisbane. Steve Matt, I expected to play. Now, if you're a Tom Traborovic owner, you're probably disappointed. He's on standby, so you might be hoping Matt I doesn't play. Brisbane um, will have a training run tomorrow. No likely changes. Uh, Dylan Farrell looks like he's back for St George, but he'll come back via New South Wales Cup. There's just no real opening there in, in the ring three, wing or centre three-quarter line. Uh, Glyman, um, or Glamin, I should say, one more week for him. Dan Hunt has retired as well, Pete, uh, I'm hearing. That's correct, yeah. He picked up a, um, a serious uh, left knee injury during the, the nines, and, um, yeah, basically hasn't been cited each week. He's been listed as knee indefinite. Uh, he's had a, a quite an injury play career. He was quite an honest front rower. A decent career for Dan Hunt. He played 150 first-grade games, I think it was. And Newcastle, well, Danny Badiris is likely to make a bunch of changes there. Um, we know Tarek Sims is out with a shoulder injury. Uh, Tarpanay comes in there for him. Um, and it looks like that uh, Nathan Ross, a 26-year-old uh, debutant, will, will come in for Chanel Mataudia, who was pretty poor last week. But Carlos Tumavave is under an injury cloud, so Kirk Gidley may move to the halves. Hopefully, unless it's Kate Snowden, you don't own any Knights. Souths v Penrith. Um, Aaron Gray expected to return for Joel Reddy, so if you held on to him or you're forced to hold on to him... Um, when he was out, that you're happy with that. And Dylan Walker should be right to go, as should Josh Mansour. Now, some team lists were saying Nigel Plum was named, but he wasn't. That was a typo. Sam McKendry is the player that's going to play in his stead. Plum out with the concussion injury. And Gold Coast versus the Eels. Hopefully, the only player around here is Semirad Rajra. Look, Matt Schramm and Anthony... Round. What's that? Match of the round. <laughs> Uh, Nate Miles and Ryan James in doubt just makes it worse. Kane LG has to pass a concussion test. Uh, looks like Dave Taylor might get a go after all. Matt Schramme, Anthony Don out for the year, apparently. They both had training mishaps. And Will Hopawati in doubt, although they're saying he'll still play. Let's get to these tweets, the all-important tweets. We'll start with uh, Christian Piggott at Supercoach Pros. Uh, do I swap out Jamie Lyon for Alex Johnston? Um... Pete, I know you've talked about Johnston already. Andrew, um, does it make sense or is, is it too like for like? I think so, yeah. But I mean, the upside, obviously, with Lyon is the uh, the, the goal kicking and, and I just don't see Manly scoring that many points and obviously that's where his points come from. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Johnston and South, I think they're just going to keep rolling forward. Um, I, I, for me, I think there's probably... Other options out there, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't see Lions scoring too many more points this year. Yeah, Josh Mansour back at three hundred thirty-eight thousand. Johnston's at two eighty-seven. Lions at three seventeen. I worry about these like-for-like like trades. If it was me, I, I mean, might only have one le- left, Christian. But if it was me, I'd be looking at either bringing in a real cheapie at one thirteen, um, and then trying to use that extra cash next week or the week after. 
or uh, the other way, if you've got a bit of cash up your sleeve, you're really looking at that difference maker. Um, you're looking at those those players in the, you know, obviously Red Raja, if you don't already have him, is probably out of your, your price range. But you, if you're looking at guys, Jared Croker, 326000 It's only a little bit more than Jamie Lyon, but he's got a great predictor for the run home. Uh, I'd definitely be looking at, at, at Croker at an, as an option. I think, and Ferguson too. He's, he's at three three thirty nine, so yeah. he's he's going to go up soon. But I mean, he's yeah. only going to get better. Brett Morris, he's not predicted to do so well this week. Maybe you wait a week, and he might even come down a bit at three thirty three. I think the, I think you're just looking at better options than Alex Johnston. But you know, we said before Souths could really go on a run, so that. You know, we're kind of almost sort of going back on that. So if you do believe, yes, it's going to be South Sydney, then by all means. Johnston's very reliant on tries, however. Uh, that's one thing I'd say. If, just as a like for like, Johnston's predicted to go 42 in round, 20, uh, round 21 this week compared to the Lions 33, and then 74 the week after compared to just 31 for Lions. Against the poor old Eagles. <laughs> you can see there. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's certainly the next couple of weeks. Definitely, um, definitely better. It's definitely an upgrade, I guess we're, we're trying to say. Um, but maybe you can find an even better one there. Uh, at Dale the Ninja, who is the best replacement for Sean Johnson? Uh, we can go around the full round table here. Ryan, I'll start with you. Uh, he's already got Jonathan Thurston, and he can even afford um, Paul Gallon if he brings someone in around that sort of 320 or less mark. Um, in the half, so there's a couple of ways he could go with the old um, the, the two trades at once. Uh, what do you what do you make of it? I'd, I'd go Milford. Um, I just he's not predicted to go particularly well, but I've just got a feeling that it's yeah the Broncos are starting to really kind of build, they're going to have a loss soon which means they're going to start again and i just got a feeling that yeah, they're going to, just going to build up from there and he's going to be a part of it. It'll be a good start this week because I dare say he would go well at least for this week. Uh, Pete, uh, you sort of got an opinion, I mean I know that you're our sort of super coach draft expert and you had Sean Johnson in your draft so you're really scratching but uh, yeah. at least salary cap wise uh, you can go like for like, is there anyone that you, you kind of really eyeing off? It's a real, it is a huge blow, isn't it, this time to, to lose a player like him. Personally, for mine, I've discussed, it's been a bit of a rabbit o show, but um, for mine, uh, Adam Reynolds is hard to go past. Mm. I think he's just um, just starting to come good. Now, a little bit more game time under his belt. So, got to see him live. A couple of weeks ago, he played well against the Dragons. So, he was training run last week. Uh, we'll know more in the next week or two, but I think uh, Adam Reynolds will be a very good value if you're looking for, as you say, a like-for-like replacement. Well, yeah, the beauty of Adam Reynolds, Pete, as well, at 293000 he can still afford Paul Gallant. So you're winning twice over. You're getting right. a, a great player in Reynolds and you're getting Paul Gallant. Um, Andrew, any other option there in, in the halves besides the ones mentioned? Oh, I mean, obviously, Sean Johnson's a massive loss. I mean, he's my first pick every year, um, but... I think the other side of the uh, eastern suburbs, uh, James Maloney, I think he doesn't rely so much on the kicking. He scores tries, he, he makes breaks, he, he uh, yeah, make, does runs. I, I, I like him. He's 369000 still relatively cheap. I mean, he's selling Johnson, so you're going to have money to burn. Mm. Um, yeah, James Maloney for me. Yeah, look, and I, 
I guess, Dale, you know, uh, regular listener and contributor to the show, I know that you're right up the top. I've had a look at the predictors just at the final two rounds because I think you're going to be there, I would assume, because if you get two bites at the cherry in rounds 23 and 24, you should be able to sneak into round 25. Now, your predictor uh, has got Jonathan Thurston second largest after Radradra for those final two rounds. Then Blake Austin's next. So that's an interesting one. At 396,000, you might rather the double of Gallon and Reynolds, um, which makes sense. Paul Gallon's predicted to go fifth largest. You know, he's he's just after, um, well, if Sean Kenny Dow played, he'd be after him, but otherwise he'd even be fourth after Austin. So, you know, I, I get it if you want to go with the, the Gallon-Reynolds combination. I think it'd be a smart one. Reynolds, for his own benefit, has got some good... Um, matchups in the final two rounds. You know, he's predicted to be in the top 20 scorers there. But certainly if you're going like for like, Blake Austin is, is right up there in those final two rounds. Could do very, very well. And that's uh, it could be a good point of difference for you. Uh, at Stephen Ristivsky, at Stephen underscore Rista, I should say, uh, he's wrote, I've got Jack Bird in my starting centres. Do I trade out Tom Jabrovich for a centre and winger gun? It would leave me one trade left and I'd make Jake... Jack Bird, my 18th man. Um, Pete, what do you make about Jack Bird? We've talked about him a bit already on the show. Is it is it, is it worth, um, you know, maybe his time has gone, as we said, or is it even worth trading Bird out and keeping Trebovich? Uh, no, I disagree. I, personally, I think I would prefer to keep Jack Bird. I think uh, he's been very, very good so far. He's shown that he's robustness and toughness as well, and he's been consistent. He said you might be on a a slight downturn with him, but no, I think at this stage of the game, I think I'll be keeping him, particularly this week they're up against the Warriors, and um, you never know what the Warriors are going to do over there, if they're going to play well or not, particularly without Johnson, I think that uh, Jack Bird is um, is a must must keep. Ryan, it's an interesting one, he's saying he's only got one trade left, you know, we don't know um, Stephen, if you, you know, where you place within the top eight, just outside the top eight, how crucial this this week is, I would say really look at your matchup. I don't know what you say, Ryan, in regards to that, but if you can not make that trade and still have two for next week and get the W, probably the probably the best result. Yeah, you took the words pretty much out. <laughs> it's just exactly what I was going to say. Um, I would, yeah, if you can, um, just leave it um, and, yeah, strike next week when you've got a better idea of um, how, how everyone's shaping up. Andrew Maddai took took a pretty bad head knock. Do you think he'll be right even for this week? Or does Dubrovic make... I mean, he scored, what, four tries in under-20s last week, made over 400 metres. Is, you know, he could he could still do something. Oh, Maddai was very wobbly coming off, but I think he's going to play. Um, I think... Yeah, you got to hold you got to hold on to the... You, you need your trades. There's, there's still a couple of rounds to go and anything could happen. So, I'll... Yeah, I think he's got to hold off for at least another week just to see, test the waters a little bit because, yeah, anything could happen and you don't want to be stuck with 16 players. Yeah, and one thing Jack Bird has going for him, I know that we've talked about it, um, you know, that you know he's not going as well as earlier in the year, but he's got some good matchups in rounds 25 and 26. In fact, he's predicted to go to 87 in round 26, so the championship round. Just two trades left. Stephen, I think we're all in consensus on that one. Hold on. And uh, 
Speaking of holding on, you're going to have to hold on till Sunday now because that's the end of this podcast. But Ryan, uh, you and I will be back on Sunday for the final review show of the year. You'll be incorporating all that stuff into a monster roundtable podcast uh, from, from a couple of weeks' time. But we're doing one more for you this weekend, so I'll talk to you then. Yeah, no problem. Angie, thank you very much. Good luck to your boys. I need to keep winning, um, but, uh, you know, they're not not out of it. Never say never. Say never. That's right, mate. We're going to do it for twos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very good, very good. And uh, while one coach leaves and you hope you do it for them, Pete, uh, you're hoping that Newcastle don't do it for their new coach, Denny Vadiris, and the Saints can arrest this seven-game slide on the weekend. In all seriousness, if the Dragons want to go anywhere this year, um, they've got to beat Newcastle on Sunday. It's simple as that. Yeah, well, the way Souths took care of them, you'd think... Saints shouldn't have any problems, but you just never know. That's why they, they play the games, as they say. And uh, we will talk about all those games on Sunday night with Ryan on the review show and uh, Andrew and Pete back with us, of course, next Thursday for Roundtable Podcast. You can get all the information on the website, www.supercoachpros.com. Make sure you check out those match previews um, before you finalise your team lineups. And, of course, you've also got the Twitter feed at SuperCoachPros for those last-minute changes um, that we'll tweet out for you before each and every game this round, as we do each and every week. And we'll talk to you again on Sunday. I'm Paulie G. Thanks very much for listening and downloading, and we'll see you Sunday. Bye now.